Hello again, listeners, subscribers, viewers. With you, as always, I'm Top Toast. And I am your co-host, Annie. Thank you for listening to the Oh Those Toast podcast. Did I say that right this time? (laughs) Yes. Until you just asked if you did. (laughs) Well, you know, this is the show that forgets what the show is. That's what we do. Sometimes we, like, don't even introduce ourselves. We just start rambling about random-ass shit. So that's... Right. Right. So before we start rambling about too much random ass shit, let us say that with us here in the <laughs> virtual studio, we have the beautiful, amazing, and talented April Flores. Hi. <laughs> thank Hi. you for thank you for having me. And um, beautiful, talented. I, I love those. You're, there are so much more, but I would say like those are the first two that like pop into our minds. So. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm still trying to suck down my morning coffee. It's a little on the early side um, because, well, we had wanted to be doing this last weekend and things didn't quite add up for what I think is the best possible reasons because uh, you weren't available Saturday because you were in New York City for one por- portion of New York City Pride. And then I wasn't available Sunday because I was in for Pride Fest and the Pride Parade. Um, what what did you attend? Because I, I don't want to say it wrong. What was the Saturday event for you? On Saturday, um, for New York Pride, I went to the Dyke March, which it was my first Dyke March here in New York City, and it was it was really amazing. Lots of fun. That's awesome. That's one I've never attended in all my years of attending Pride. Um, well, I mean, I can be supportive, but it's really not my uh, my avenue of things. I'm usually there for the the, the big Sunday event. Um, but it's great. So you guys were at the same place, but on different days. Yeah. Right? Essentially. Okay. So what's funny is that when we started talking to April, she was still living in LA. Right. And so I was like, I want to go to LA and meet April Flores. <laughs> and then she, and then she leaves, you know. I, I, I want to say my side because, you know, L.A. is my hometown, but I live in Texas now. But so she leaves L.A. and then goes over to you. And I'm like, oh, damn it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I missed her by a day and uh, a gender discrepancy. <laughs> you can still go to Dyke March. Oh, I can absolutely <laughs> still go to Dyke March. I just didn't find out she was there until after the fact. Otherwise, I might have made the, the trip down. I know, right? We, we always have next year. We do. So was this your first time for New York City Pride? Yeah, my first New York City Pride. Um, it was really magical. I hadn't experienced an event like Dyke March really ever in my life. It was very packed. You know, um, everyone was holding, well, m- most people were holding signs. And, you know, it's right after we got that devastating, um, you know, Roe versus Wade um, decision. So a lot of the signs were about that. So it felt like a duo um, march. I was going to say that it felt like Roe overshadowed Pride, but no, because that's what Pride in New York City has always been. You know, there's always a t-shirt that the first Pride was a riot. This is not, and they call it a march, not a parade. New York City is not a pride parade. It's a pride march. It was a protest. It always will be a protest. Mm -hmm. So if there's adjacent causes, there was one group in the main pride uh, march that had 
just every other cause that, you know, maybe we'll say we stand for. Uh, yeah, it was pretty amazing. And then there was, of course, just, you know, there's always just some joy and fun and community. It's always a good time. Um, so welcome. Energy, right? Like I can just imagine the energy there. I hope to be there one day for Pride, for sure. Hey, so um, back to April. Can we, can we just kind of say why we have the April For- Flores on the Oh Toast podcast? I mean, <laughs> I thought it was I thought it was the April Flores because Instagram shut down the original April Flores and she needed a way to differentiate. <laughs> always, we always do. Hey, our sign, uh, I know you can't see it, but you know, our sign used to say top toes and hose and you know with 65k followers, and now it says team top toes, who's like essentially starting over, which fucking sucks. But we're not gonna go there right now. We're going to talk about the amazing April Flores. Um, So, you know, um, aside from being a huge, fucking huge fan of April Flores, right? Um, Part of the reason that uh, you came into or, you know, you came across my page, I'm going to say, is because there was um, a time when you were, um, when you were, like displaying your feet a lot and like a lot of our foot guys were like chasing after you and reposting you and like that's how you came across you know my that's how I found you basically and then of course you know you click and you click and you watch and you watch and then you just become this huge fan of April Flores um but tell us April like in your own words like what like tell us a little bit about you tell us about what you do and you know who you are a little bit Okay, um, yeah, I, my name is April Flores. I have been performing in porn for 17 years, um, since 2005, so it's, it's a big part of my life. Um, I entered the industry a little bit accident, well, I won't say accidentally, but um, I never really sought out to, you know, perform in porn. It just kind of unfolded that way, and um my the the a huge reason why I've been in this industry for so long is that I like to represent for a, a fat body. Um, I feel like it has changed a lot. There is a lot more diversity in um, porn and adult media. I will credit that just to the ways that people can um, create and monetize their content now. It's it's a lot wider than it was in 2005 so I think with the advent of technology and everyone being able to produce their own stuff and you know uh sell it um but so yeah I'm going off on a tangent when I entered the industry um a lot of the fat performers that I was seeing looked all the same so I saw uh, a need to um you know come into the industry and just to be a fat performer and um, challenge the stereotypes of what is considered desirable. Um, And yeah, so that's kind of a little bit about myself. Um, I do enjoy foot stuff. (laughs) It's, it's interesting that you uh, mentioned that because when you, when you said that, I was like, yeah, there was a time where I was posting a lot more feet 
pictures and videos. Um, and that time is going to, uh, there, there wasn't a reason why I stopped. I just, you know, um, didn't, but I, since moving here, I have had a lot of just like foot stuff come my way. So more to come soon. Awesome. awesome. I thought maybe you stopped posting so much foot stuff because, um, you know, Instagram is so particular about what you post. So sometimes if we, we can post pictures of our feet, but if we post pictures of our souls, like that's it where, you know, they get removed. So it's really weird. Um, yeah. you know, maybe that's why you stop posting so much of your feet, but there was a time when like you were just huge, like within the foot community. I think like someone in the food community like discovered you and then like you were just fucking like everybody was like like I remember looking at the comments and people were like oh my god I love your feet oh my god your feet like show us your feet like you know it was all you know I, re um, I remember a time when the adult performer community was just kind of discovering that you can still tease and show off and kind of promote yourself on Instagram if you're only doing feet and legs because that's not breaking at the time that wasn't breaking right. so you saw a lot more adult performers kind of at least jumping into fetish in the social media realm and now it seems like it's the opposite i can see these adult performers doing things that on instagram twitter that should be illegal <laughs> illegal to display <laughs> and and it's the, the feet pages that are getting closed down because they're just kind of on to the fact that it's you know our way it's okay. it's very it's very very strange but um i did actually want to back up a little bit because we've talked about um, the the adult performance industry and the old studio system, which I think in 05, you were still sort of a part of, right? The LA in the Valley. And then there was the era that, of a little bit of empowerment with the performers becoming producers, the, the Belladonna era, if I can use that. And now we're in a new era. Now we're in a completely self-produced era. So what has changed about what you what content you make now that you're doing that yeah um that's interesting that you bring that up and that maybe why i start, stopped posting so much feet stuff because just so i i would say like for me personally during the beginning of the pandemic in 2020 is when i and a lot of people i know really moved to self-producing for obvious reasons and i guess my mind never really goes to like do my feet <laughs> um i was just doing a lot of like just setting up the camera in front of my bed and just masturbating just a lot of really straightforward like just sex stuff um but what changed between 2005 and when i entered is like you kind of touched upon um people are self-producing and um since we have so many ways to monetize our content what has changed is that the studios have either, you know, shut down, they're becoming obsolete and meaning that the people who run the studios, who kind of dictate what is produced, what is funded, um, what is kind of seen by the masses. What, that kind, what kind of fat girls, what kind of BWs are, are, are you know? Yeah. People, yeah, absolutely. And, and exactly. what they do. And the, I, I think the interesting part is, you know, the old studio system is a bunch of, you know, fat white men deciding what porn is. Uh, the modern version is... <laughs> <That one. laughs> uh, come on. 
we all know exactly what greasy mustached fat white man I'm talking about. <laughs> We're not going to call anyone out. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Actually, I love him as a comedic actor. I don't know that he was doing the best things for the industry. Um, but anyway. Continue. Now we're moving to the the content is dictated by the women themselves, which is really interesting because now it's almost the women telling the men what they get to see. Um, yeah, in in a sorry, this is in a heteronormative. The industry as a whole is still going to be heteronormative. Yeah. So I find it really interesting. I think yeah. the women have a better idea of what to show to entice the customer than the male dictated studios ever did. Yeah, you're right. The performers have so much autonomy. They really are able to create what they need. I would say performers are dictating what is create, created, but uh, the fans are also dictating what's, what's created because now the fan, the audience has a direct line of communication with the performer. So if a performer sees like this XYZ type of um, video or photos or content whatever sells more than this abc over here like obviously we're gonna do what sells most because this is a fantasy it is sex but also ultimately it's our livelihood this is a business this is an industry um so i think what has really changed is performers having autonomy and just like who they perform with what they make what they wear but um in addition to that the fans and the the audience really having a, a massive voice in what is created and and you as a performer can react instantly yes you know and the old days i would go to my video store i would buy a video i would maybe think that okay based on the packaging i might like this the studio sees i bought it they think that's good i watch the whole thing and find out that on an hour video there's only like a four minute scene i actually like but I'm not communicating back and they're not knowing that I'm ignoring two thirds of the video. They just right. think it's popular because of the purchase. You've got right. direct feedback and you can rotate on a moment's notice. You, you're making the next piece, what, a day, two, a week later, whatever you want. Absolutely. And, and now um, the audience, the fans can get custom content. Like you can contact us and write a script. And as long as the budget is there, we are able to make your fantasy become a reality. So now that you're um, self-producing more, is that something that you offer? Uh, I do like offer customs, yes. <laughs> nice. Okay. I I bet you're going to get a lot of our foot guys going, oh, shit, she's available for customs? Let me go for that. Okay, so I want to back up to... Um, uh, Top Toes said something about Belladonna, and it just triggered um, something that I'd heard you say in the past, which is that your first scene was with Belladonna. Did yes. You know? <laughs> I didn't realize I was psychic. I just always use her as my example of when the uh, performers started producing. She's always a go-to on that era, but you worked with her. That's amazing. Yeah, Belladonna's uh, definitely ahead of her time because um, when I met her in 2005, I wanted her to be in a project that I was um, creating with my late husband, Carlos Batts, but she said no. She only like appeared in her own production. So that was, I think, way ahead of her time. And um, yeah, so from that meeting, she asked me to be in one of her movies and 
I had never even considered per performing in porn, but I was like, yeah, let me try this. This, this sounds really fun. And um, yeah, so she's the first performer I was um, in a scene with and also the first woman I've had sex with. Oh, wow. wow. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. So she, she took your virginity on camera. Yes. Love it. <laughs> Wow. Uh, give her give her our phone number. We'd love to have her on the show. <laughs> We've only talked about her, what, 14 episodes, I think. <laughs> yeah, you know, she's retired and she's she's living a very like I, I haven't spoken to her, but from what I hear, she's, you know, living a very nice life outside of the industry. That's that's great. So what are you what are you up to these days, April? What projects do you have going on? Um, hmm. well, my biggest project is that I, you know, I moved across, across the country and, um, I'm brand new to New York city. I've wanted to live here for 21 years. So I'm really happy. It's finally happening. Well, um, welcome to the greatest city on earth. It, it really is. Thank you. It's I, been how long since you've been a New Yorker? Like a week? Two? Me? Yeah. Oh, it'll be a month. A month. Okay. Okay. In two days. It's a month and two days. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I just, I'm still walking around like, you know, like just marveling and everything. And I'm, I'm just very excited and very happy to be here. So that's kind of like my, my biggest project um, is just like getting here and just acclimating and settling in. Um, but beyond my personal life, um, I have my OnlyFans. Um, and that's the April Flores. And like I said, um, I'm going to be focusing more a lot, a lot on feet stuff because since I moved here, it's interesting because I feel like there are definitely differences between sexualities between Los Angeles and New York. And I feel like New York is more foot centric than LA is. I never really thought about it, but um, went to a kink party in New York and I've been to King parties, uh, like in the New England area, and they're very uh, impact oriented in their 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 kink and BDSM. And I went to one in New York, and maybe I lucked out, but it was the amount of foot scenes going on was amazing. So I've never really thought of New York City as a foot town, but maybe we no, are. it is because. A lot of the girls that we know, a lot of the um, sex workers that we know that offer sessions, um, they go specifically to New York because New York is one of the biggest money makers for all of them. They've all said that. I mean, uh, one of our friends that started a New York foot fetish. So it's like a booking website. Ooh. So, um, you know, so she's got one in Las Vegas and she's got one in New York. So it's it has to be a big deal. Feet are a big deal in New York. But I don't know if it's just because it's New York, you know, and it just, it's so, there's so many people. So the numbers are naturally higher or just New York guys are just foot guys, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously we got the, the population density. We got the concentration so much that there's going to be a larger number of everything. But yeah, to notice that it is skewed in the foot direction, to notice that it's skewed in the foot direction after a month and a couple of days. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Oh no, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, okay. Um, also, I a lot of people out here are into eating pussy, like way more than LA. So that's 
that's another observation I've made. So maybe the foot thing is that like out here, since you're walking so much, you're like always aware of that part of your body. So maybe it's just like a subconscious thing, but whatever it is, I cannot wait to get some uh, massages in. Mm, yeah, that's it. We are definitely New York City's New York City's a walking culture. What do they say? Uh, the old song, nobody walks in LA, but no, New York City, everybody's on their feet all the time. And yeah, maybe you're just more aware of it. You know, what, what is this? Tell me about the pussy eating. Like, what's the? <laughs> oh, we're just better bread out here. I bet Wait, what? <laughs> April, what did you say? I was saying like that. That might be the reason. It's just better quality of person out here. But um, I just in my casual hookups and also like just talking to people. Um, yeah, eating pussy is way more prevalent here in new york than la in my opinion and in my experience wow. it might be slightly I mean, skewed because you spent a day in the dyke march i think they all kind of do <laughs> independent of the dyke march okay well you know what we gotta do is we have to like bring april back in like a year and then be like okay now that you've had like a full year as a new yorker is there more pussy eating in new york right like <laughs> i'm down i'm it's so down everything. <laughs> next next june right after pride again we'll do the uh the april flores new york city fetish report yeah i love that <laughs> i'm taking notes <laughs> by which time you will be a household name in new york city right <laughs> So, like, find out, like, how the foot game has been for her in New York, too. Hey, so, um, what I was going to ask April is, um, have you ever done, like, um, porn where it's kind of like foot porn, where that was the, uh, like, the focus, I guess? Yeah, I've done only a handful of scenes. One with Bella, well, my first one was with Belladonna, um... I don't remember the name of it, but it was like white. It was all white. Everything was white. My toes were white and the room was white. Everything was white. It was really cool. Um, and maybe a handful beyond that, but not anything where I have a whole catalog of work. I just started talking to a photographer and filmmaker who who focuses on feet. So we're going to meet on Tuesday and hopefully get get that going. Oh, that's this is perfect then. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool how everything's just kind of lining up, lining up. Yeah, it's good. The, the, it's it's good karma. It's the universe coming together for you. I love it. Yeah, put it out there so it all comes together for sure. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm gonna take now this time to go. You know, I posted on my Instagram stories. Um, like, if you could ask April Flores anything, what would you ask? And I only left it up there for a little while, so I got I got a few responses. First of all, let me just tell you, I got a lot of, can I touch your feet? Can I worship your feet? Can I, you know, come on your feet? Can I eat your feet? Can I fucking all kinds of shit your feet? So we're going to skip all of those, because, you okay. know, who read a dozen of those? But let me get into my... <laughs> um, some of the ones that I saved for you. Okay. And let's see if we can have those answered. Um, I did get some in a few different languages that I just did not bother to translate. I'm sorry. Um, so we're going to skip those two and, you know, one day I'll find them. Hang on. 
Sorry, the Instagram still hasn't okay, given a good right, space so, for okay. things. So we've got things like dirty feet, question mark, question mark, question mark. So I'm assuming that question is, do you have dirty feet? Do you sometimes keep your feet dirty or are they clean all the time? I don't know. Yeah, well, <laughs> depending on what I'm doing, um, I do like to be barefoot when typically my feet get dirty if I'm cleaning barefoot, you know, if I'm, like walking around all day when I was packing up and moving, my feet definitely got dirty just from dust and me going outside and stepping in, you know, like the dirt and um, those I will just keep dirty until the end of the day, then I rinse them off. But normally I'm wearing a chancla in, in, inside. So normally oh, we've got top toes with his chancla hat. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. The, uh, yep. I love it. Story podcast it. hat. The, uh, the San Antonio uh, flying chancla to San Antonio hat has uh, become kind of a mascot for the show <laughs> in a way. April, I'm I'm uh, from from Middle South Texas, so we haven't, we haven't pinpointed it yet. Yeah, so he, when he um, when he came to visit, of course, like coincidentally, the San Antonio missions have the chancleta as their mascot logo thing, so he had to have a hat. Um, but I digress. Okay, all right. So so here's a question for you. Another question for you. Um, if shrinking became real. Could I send myself to you? Would I last long? Yeah. So that leads me into the question: If you've ever played in the giantess world as a, you know, macrophiliac, I never have, but it's a, it's something I really want to do because it's, it's so interesting to me, the whole dynamic and um, the, the studios that make it look real. Um, so yes, if this, if this uh, person asking the question can shrink themselves down, I would say maybe like, uh, you know, like three inches would be a good size. And yeah, I'm not sure how long he could last, but we, we would at, at least a day. <laughs> I love it. A day. <laughs> at least a day. You know, I, I'm, picturing, I'm picturing like chasing him around, you know, picking him up, like, stuffing him down my cleavage suffocating him a little bit there maybe dangling him by his like shirt tossing him over there catching him with my titties yeah <laughs> I love it. you would make a really good giantess because they you know i mean first of all you have really cute feet and you're thick and uh you know it would just i mean they love us these these giantess these macrophiliacs love women like you you fit right in um and then you've got I think you've got the capability of doing it you know perfect like professionally obviously in a studio with a lot better equipment than you know than we can so I bet you could come up with something really amazing it also uh, just like she's got the imagination for it all right oh, she really does yes I this I mean I just love everything about April like she's creative she's I mean she's gorgeous like an advocate of so many I mean I just love her I just love her. I'm a huge fan all right, next question. Uh, okay, this is not a question, but April Flores, she's hot, especially in latex. So is latex a thing for you, like a big thing for you? 
you know, latex, I do love the aesthetic of it. Um, I, I'm, it doesn't turn me on like it turns some people on, but I do really appreciate the whole process of it, right? The garments and lubing up and putting it on and being very careful and having it lubed. Like it's a whole thing and I, I respect it. Um, yes, H hot in latex. I do get hot in latex, yes. Mm. That's funny that you talk about lube because somebody asked, what's the best lube to use? <laughs> <laughs> for, for latex use or for other use? I don't know. Like that was the whole question. What's the best type? What's the best kind of late lube to use? That's the whole question. There's no explanation after that. So, um. okay. Personally, um, I use this one by Pure P U R or P U J. I don't know how. Um, it's like a natural one. I have. I like one from um, Good. I like Sliquid. I like Good Old Fashioned Spit. If it's with latex, you know, you have to use, you have to use a um, silicone lube. So that would also be any of the cheaper ones for, for dressing because, you know, you use a lot of it. So that's, um, that's how ignorant I am to that. I didn't realize that you needed lube to get into latex. That, and then, then another product to shine the outside because when you put it on, it actually looks kind of dull and matte. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. And then as a, as a bigger girl, you know, as a fat girl, how hard is it to get into latex? You know, you just gotta, you have to lubricate yourself up. So I, I use the same lube on the, on my body and on the outside. Um, it's just, you know, I think it's pure. It's a black bottle. Um, I also buy the cheaper one. Um, I forget who makes it, but it's, you can buy it at a drugstore. It's the, the silicone lubes because I I mean as a bigger girl myself like just getting into like kind of a like slicker uh, uh, leggings and nylons like just getting into nylons is hard like it's hard for me like just squeeze all kinds of shit in there so I'm like I can't imagine getting into a full latex suit but that, it okay. helps it, it, it makes it easier if you have someone helping you to like tug and pull and like yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some some lucky person can like lube you down, lube up your whole body, and then kind of like slowly put the garment on you, and you kind of like wiggle into it. Oh my god, that sounds so sexy! <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole okay. process. Got to get yourself a dresser, apparently. Yeah. Um, all right. So somebody else, I'm telling you, I think you're going to be popular with these guys because somebody else says asked um what would you do if someone purposely turned into the insole of your shoe to worship your feet there's a lot of magic going on here apparently mm. if, if someone okay can you repeat the question all right what would you do if someone purposely turned into the insole of your shoe to worship your feet i mean what would i do i would just put my foot in there and then go about my day probably like early in the morning and just be out exploring the city all day, upstairs, downstairs, in the hot subways, my feet are gonna get really sweaty. Um, I'll go I'll go to the park maybe and put my shoe, my foot on the grass and then put my grassy foot back in my sole. Yeah, it, it's the full day for this person who's now my insole. A little insole. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, 
Uh, what size shoe do you wear? What size are your oh, feet? Eight. Okay. That's, that's a good set. That's a good set. Uh, all right. Another question from the fan. What is your favorite nail polish color? Oh, I like that question. Um, you know, red. <laughs> or, you know, pinks. I always get like a variation of a pink or red. Maybe a purple if I'm feeling daring, but it's always like, you know, when I was moving, I got rid of a lot of stuff, obviously, and I, I got rid of my nail polishes, but they were all like basically 30 of the same fucking color. So it's like 30 different shades of pink or red or something like that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Raspberry. Yeah. And then, um, of course, someone asked, uh, can, I kiss, can I kiss your toes? Um, and I'm only reading that one because there were so many of them, but is that a possibility for a fan to ever like worship and kiss or mess with your feet? Yeah, I, I do. I do love to meet with fans. Um, I haven't done any conventions since the pandemic started and I don't see myself doing any conventions anytime soon, but um, I think that, yeah, I'm, I'm very open to all the possibilities that will be available when I'm coming into this new section of adult. Yeah. Um, sorry to the fans who didn't get to see you, but I'm so glad that you weren't doing conventions when you were still in L.A. because DomCom was the last big one, which turned into the world's biggest super spreader event. Yeah, so you lucked out. Um, whoa. Yeah. Did that it? Was, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, we, um, thankfully, he's recovering, but we, we did have a, a common friend there who, um, unfortunately, didn't make it out of that one healthy, but he's doing okay now. Yeah. Not, not the best time for the con scene. <laughs> So now, now that you're doing a lot of, um, April, now that you're doing a lot of, um, like, self-producing and stuff, are you still going to be doing work with, like, the big companies and the big production companies? Yeah, um, thanks for that question. I have my agency. I'm still with my agency, uh, Next Level. And um, unfortunately, not a lot of the big production companies shoot out here. So um, we'll see. I do go back to L.A. in a few months. Um, so hopefully I'll get some work there. So yes, if, if work is there, I, I take it. I, I love to work. Okay. I, I mean, I, and I bet you get this question a lot. Like, uh, I mean, other than the financial aspect of it, like, what is the, like, how different is it to work with, uh, you know, a big production company, a big agency, and then doing the stuff for yourself? The biggest difference for me um between self-shooting and shooting with a studio is just like the amount of work I have to put in so for a studio if I get hired I show up they have everything set out the cast the location everything is done all I do is show up perform and then leave um, for self-producing stuff I have to wear all the hats so location and casting and um shooting editing marketing all that stuff is you know under you know it's the performer's responsibility if they want to make money um so for me that's 
the beauty and also the hard, the hard part of it is just getting it done. Right. Okay. So another question, um, and I'm surprised Taptoes that you haven't asked this yet, but somebody did ask, where are the nylons? Do you like wearing nylons? <laughs> <laughs> My nylon guy didn't ask that. What's up, Taptoes? <laughs> this is, uh, this is everybody's podcast. This isn't just mine, you know? And the fans don't let me down. We know we got a loyal nylon guy following. Right. We got you wearing nylons here. So now we uh, now the question to April, yes. Yeah, I do like nylons. I just don't, I you know, my, my foot, admittedly, my foot knowledge is kind of limited. And the more I learn about this community, the more I can, you know, just incorporate what I learn into my shoots. So nylons got that. I'll write that down. <laughs> I mean, I, but I've seen, I've seen that you, I mean, you have a lot of, you have done a lot of work in like, you know, lingerie with the, the thigh highs and things like that. I mean, that's just, it's just sexy all around, whether you're a huge nylon fan or not, that's just always scream sexy. So yeah. Um, when, when, I, when my uh, husband, Carlos Batts was, you know, here and we were collaborating, he was really into nylons and he did a lot of my styling and stuff. So if you see something like before 2013 um, and it's really highly stylized and there's like lingerie and nylons and stuff, that's probably him that he, he styled it. Um, so yeah, when, when we were collaborating a lot, I did wear a lot more nylons. We went to uh, Europe one time, we got a lot from there, and he also had gotten some like vintage, like from the 40s, whatever. They weren't oh. even that like stretchy, they were just kind of like fabric. Um, I don't know what those are. What do you yeah. call those? Stockings? Those are like the those, fitted- those are just those are vintage stockings, yeah, and they are. Because the the old nylon didn't have any lycra, they just they're actually tailored. Um, if you're getting the vintage, they weren't tailored for you, so it's hoping that you got close. But yeah, yeah the old school. But you're not in LA anymore. We have winter, and uh, you'll learn if you want to if you want to get sexy, fetish <laughs> wear in you know in the winter months. Nylon's going to become a necessity. Okay, yeah, nylon's you know, unless you like. <laughs> Unless, unless you like windburn on the calves. <laughs> I can't imagine it being that cold. I mean, I, I, you know, we had snow in Texas just the one time and like our fucking city just crashed, you know, several cities, the entire state just fucking crashed. So I just, I don't know. I guess I'll have to visit you guys in the winter. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Another question from a fan. Uh, do you have a favorite type of content? Um, my favorite type of content, I love working with my friends. Um, so if I'm shooting with a friend, that's my favorite type to make because, you know, then we, we, it's like a whole day, you know, we, we get together, we do our makeup, we pick out our outfits, we gossip, we talk shit, we shoot a little bit. So yeah, just collaborating with my friends is my favorite in terms of like, actually what is happening. I love blowjobs like I love giving a blowjob um I love it <laughs> when, when we circle back and like talk in one year I I'm optimistic that I will list a lot of like foot things right <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, you you will. I mean, if you if you're going in that direction, I think that you'll end up being like a huge. I mean, I mean, it's just a foot. I mean, for me anyway. I mean, for both of us, really. I mean, we love it, right? And then just foot play for me is almost like as important as um, as oral. Mm. I could not be with a man that doesn't eat pussy, and I could not be with a man that doesn't eat feet. I just the requirement, you know. I could do without the blowjobs. Not that I mind them, but I, you know, if he, if I'm with a man that doesn't like blowjobs, I'm like, I'm good. I can live with that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not with a man that doesn't eat pussy or feet, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, okay, so that question wasn't really clear because it was like, do you have a favorite type of content? But, you know, is it content to make or content to, like, see or enjoy yourself? So when I consume adult media, um, I, so, you know, it, it's, it's funny because sometimes I'll like be on a site, I'll see a friend or um, the, like last year I saw my ex was there. So I was just like, oh, that fucking killed my wood right there. But um, <laughs> um, I like, you know, cartoon stuff. I like glory hole stuff. Um yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Like anime, like animated, like animation kind of porn. Yeah, like with a monster and like some way out stuff. Oh yeah, great stuff came out of Japan in the uh, the nineties. Are you familiar with Urutsuki Doji, Legend of the Overfiend? No. Oh, that is the uh, the film and then eventually anthology that invented the concept of tentacle porn. Check it out. Okay. What what is it? For, for me and our fans? <laughs> <laughs> well, the first word is Japanese, but there's, so it's Urutsuki Doji, Legend of the Overfiend. We might have to link that because uh, I couldn't spell it for you if I tried. Legend of the what? Overfiend. Overfiend. Okay, maybe if I Google that, you yeah. know, I'll find it. Okay. It is, it is genre defining in like early 90s uh, monster anime. Or ma manga porn <laughs> uh, I just there like the only thing that I can think of, okay so there are certain types of animation porn that I like um, but the one that looks too close to like what my kids are watching like throws me off mm. like, I'm like, it, like is my kid watching this like I better not see this on their phone kind of a thing you know yeah um Anyway, um, okay, one last question from a fan, and then we'll talk about whatever the hell else we want. Um, what is your favorite type of shoe to wear? Easy one. Favorite type of what? Shoe. Uh oh. <laughs> well, if, if comfort wasn't a thing, of course, a beautiful heel with rhinestones, um, or like some clear, like a beautiful heel. I love a beautiful heel. Now that, you know, to be a little bit more realistic, you know, I'm in my mid forties and my feet, you know, are, you know, coming to age with my body. So I do like a nice, you know, like supportive shoe. <laughs> like, like sneakers? Sneakers with an insole. Yeah. I need, I need that arch support. <laughs> Your insole is that guy that you, he wants to be. Your the guy that shrank down. He better have shrank, shrunken down to like a supportive with a fucking, for my arch support. 
<laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, so for every day, something comfortable, but ideally, yes, I, lo I love a beautiful heel. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. You know, there's like, there's guys that are very specific. And I think this is what we love about the foot fetish, right? Like, because when you think foot fetish, you just think, you just think feet, right? But, but within the community, there are so many small little like niches. Mm -hmm. So like we had a whole episode the other day on flip-flops, like whether people want flip-flops or not, because there are guys that are like die hard. Like as soon as they see flip-flops, they're like, it's an erection. And then there's guys that absolutely hate it. They're like, no, no, you, like the feet get dirty, the feet are whatever. So we had like a whole hour of talking bullshit about flip-flops. So, I mean, our guys are really like, you know, top toes likes flats. We're we're picky bitches. <laughs> it really comes down to. And then not because some guys are just like feet. What the worst thing, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, no, perpetually I, seventeen year old boys. <laughs> this is true because the older the, the older the person is, the more particular they get about their fetish. Mm. I mean, we've got guys that are like down to the toe, like they have a favorite toe, like they have a big toe fetish. Okay. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, like how, I mean, realistically speaking, like how many middle toe fetishists are you going to find? Like maybe not so many, but you know, we, you know, um, but yeah, so, um, so, so our guys are definitely guys that like you, like you have this beautiful aesthetic and you have beautiful feet and you're like so open that I think you know, I, it, I'm telling you, our worlds just crossed. That's how come I'm like such a huge fan of yours. Thank you. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate all the nice words. And I do think that's the beauty of sexuality is that it's not, you know, cookie cutter and it's always evolving. Even for myself, like I, you know, sexuality is always evolving. And I think that's what makes it really beautiful. Yeah. Do you, um, do you plan on hiring? at all or no <laughs> no <laughs> no I love this um and I you know I sometimes I I used to maybe like 10 years ago I used to think well what if I start a family what am I going to say to my kids like that that was my only the only thing that would make me consider retiring but I'm not going to have biological kids so I will not retire <laughs> I I, lo I love being a part of this industry I feel very privileged and honored to have such a long career and I just want to keep it going and if you're listening to this uh you know in the year 2062 in syndication uh, you know look for the April Flores granny porn <laughs> <laughs> yeah I I hope I hope that uh, I'll you still be like looking good. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I don't. I don't doubt that at all. Um, I can't remember her name right now. L Lana, Lana. But there's this one like very very older lady that she's really popular within the foot community, and I mean she's older. She's like full head of gray hair, and she's still rocking it, and she is gorgeous and hot and all of that. So. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to April Flores porn, you know, and what did, what did you say top toes? I said, uh, 62. Yeah. I just said 40 years from now that, you know, octogenarian porn. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> 
still living in New York, right? <laughs> yes. Oh, still. There's there's no way she's leaving New York. You know, once once you're there, you're bit. But I just feel like, you know, LA and New York to me are like, I mean, they're not the same, but like people are, you know, like, it, like it's almost the same. Like it's kind of a lateral move. It, it is. I'm from LA, so I'm like, you know. They, they are so the same and so different. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. And, you know, maybe when we, uh, when we recap this next year, April can give us a better idea. Cause I've visited, but never lived in LA and you've visited, but never lived in New York. And she will right. be our, our tiebreaker. <laughs> I, yes, okay. Okay. We're going to schedule this date already. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I think the, the one thing that probably is similar in, in LA and New York is something that I kind of gravitated when I was say doing my research on April is, um, you've got you've got sort of your mission your cause I, I don't want to put it that way but you've got a, a sensibility you're you maybe want to empower you know you're you're saying hey look at me I'm a big girl I want to do this you're saying you're pretty out there I'm at the dyke mark you know a dyke march I am part of the LGBT community I want to do this you know I guess others would call that our liberal sensibilities but, you know, that sort of personal mission kind of feel to you drew you to me, definitely. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, and I, and I know that you, you probably get that a lot, right? But, um, you know, I'm just, I just love that there's so many, so many things, right, that, that you're like a minority, right? Like you're a Latina and you're you know, you're a big girl and you're queer and all this stuff. And you're so positive and you're such like, uh, like, I just love it, you know, because we were talking about how before, like, there, I'm uh, sure there was BBW porn, but even like me personally, I, there wasn't just, there was never really anything that I could really identify with, you know, like, they're all just these like, like, you know, big, tall, you know, blonde, blue-eyed women, um, you know, and they're specifically categorized as BBW, you know, like, that's it. You couldn't find them anywhere else other than the BBW, you know. Um, so I'm really proud, you know, if I can say that, like, <laughs> of what you do for the community. It's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, I appreciate both of your very kind words. Um, and yeah, when it, when I entered in 2005, I Googled BBW and everyone looked exactly the same. And that's why I was like, yeah, let me, and, and now like er, there's so many performers who are, are, are fat and doing stuff, lots of Latinas, lots of people, like all ranges, all like sexualities, all genders. It's, it's, it's really nice. I love the diversity. Yeah, for sure. Did you, when you first started out, was that something that you kind of had in mind or is it something that kind of evolved as you went along? Like, how did that come about? Like, did you think you were going to be this person, like this force? No, I, I didn't. I never imagined that I would be in this industry for so long, um, but I did see a need. You know, I saw like there needs to be more uh, representation of a, a more diverse person so I saw I saw that there was like an opening there um but I never would have foreseen technology to evolve the way that it has and for people to just 
self-publish and and be be what they want to see in porn right so um i know a little bit about your book can you can you share with our audience a little bit about that the book fat girl yeah okay so fat girl was published in 2013 um, and it is a 12 year documentation uh, between me and Carlos Batts. Um, so I am, it's a photo book and I'm the primary subject in it, but it kind of documents um, our life. Uh, the camera was a constant in our relationship. So it documents our travels, um, our shoots, uh, intimate stuff. It's just a, a chunk of, um, the time that we were together and it and it came out in 2013 it came out in 2013 in july and then uh, very tragically and sadly a few months later in october carlos passed away so that book had a lot of momentum all you know with carlos um he there was an art show and we did like a, a we talked about it at moca which is an art museum in los angeles and um, he had been planning on doing like we were going to do a, a book tour. We were going to we were talking to someone in New York to bring that show and the, you know, the talk here. But obviously that stopped. So I'm I'm really sad that the momentum behind Fat Girl just kind of ended when Carlos passed away. And I had wanted to, you know, continue with that, but I couldn't like I was. I'm, I'm still grieving, you know, it's been like eight years. It's still um, hard. I'm so sorry for your loss. I mean, that's a, I, you know, we say that, but you know, it's, it's, I, it's really hard to imagine something like that. And I, it, I, I bet that's, I mean, what a reminder, right? Like this, he leaves this kind of like little legacy, so. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you for um, the condolences. Um, so yeah, we had, that was like our main project that we were always working on. And it's, you know, now that I'm like almost nine years removed from that, um, I can see like kind of the beauty in it um, that we were able to see, you know, he was able to see it come to life. Yeah. And that project did, you know, came to fruition, which is nice. But, you know, just like, are you, are you planning on, on, have you ever thought about doing, like publishing something else? I've I thought mean, about it. Like I, I have all of this equipment. I have all of his negatives. I have everything in storage in LA. So if I have the emotional gas tank to tackle that one day, I have all the stuff still, like I, I have the work still preserved to do a, a, basically a second anthology of of the same type of thing maybe yeah um so carlos had a lot of photographer friends who have published books and they mentioned you know like maybe later um we can revisit his work but yeah it's it's very very um it's great it's great photos and great images so there's stuff there one day Right. Well, April, um, you have been absolutely amazing. Um, privilege for, for us, really. Uh, I want to thank you so much for your time. 
tell us, tell our audience, like, where can we find you? Plug in your stuff. Like, yeah, thank you. No, thanks for having me. This is, thank you. This is lots of fun. Um, I feel really lucky to, you know, have this introduction to your podcast and your listeners uh, right before my shoot. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see. So OnlyFans is the April Flores. Twitter is the April Flores. Instagram is the April Flores, but with an extra E because yes, my first shit got shut down last year. So T-H-E-E April Flores. Well, um, it's the British the the April Flores. <laughs> uh cash up and venmo all that stuff is at april floor so yeah all right we'll get all of that linked up on the site um you know let's can we be just a touch selfish in the closing moments uh for those people who've uh, been watching on video could we get a little foot view for our audience me april. Yes! <laughs> oh my god there's okay they're so bad i i haven't found a pedicure person out here so they're terrible but i mean the the bottoms show the bottoms yeah let's get some souls all right there we go there's there's our little uh, little (laughs) that's a little gift adorable feet Uh, (laughs) so uh, thank you so much for coming out here um I'm hoping maybe uh, we run into each other in our travels. That would be great. Uh, maybe a fetish party or something like that. But um, thank you so much for taking time out of your day with all our reschedules and, and getting here for us. Thank you so much. Thank you to our audience and viewers and listeners as always. And to those of you who are masturbating for literally any reason this whole time, which there have been plenty. Uh, you know, no one is masturbating to me or you. Everyone is masturbating to April Flores. <laughs> well, I, you know, I really do love that. That shit turns me on. Knowing someone's masturbating to me turns me on. So thank you for this opportunity. And thanks for having me. <laughs> thank you. 